Another week, another episode of Jeremiah Wonders. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Have you been enjoying the first few episodes? I think they've been pretty great. I've been really proud of what's uh, what's been going on. Tony Hinchcliffe, the first episode. Brian Redman, the second episode. Bobby Lee, the third episode. And now Dom Irera, the legend himself. I got a chance to sit down with him for this episode of Jeremiah Wonders. Thank you guys so much for listening downloading however you're getting it if you haven't yet please go to itunes give me a five-star rating leave a review soundcloud all that stuff stitcher thank you appreciate it got a good one today really pumped about this man dom is the best i've, I've known dom a long time and was very grateful that uh, he carved some time out in his day to do the show i want to give a few Shoutouts right now to the sponsors for this week. Speedweed, first sponsor of the show. Check them out at Speedweed on Twitter or go to Speedweed.com if you want some delivery for that ganja, the green, the sticky, the icky, all that good stuff. Gino's a good dude. He supports shows all over the comedy store like Kill Tony and Roast Battle. Known that guy a long time. Great guy. Hit up Gino at Speedweed. And then my boy Eric over at Meth Syndicate. It's a t-shirt company that's freaking dope. Check out at Meth Syndicate on Instagram. They uh, have been really cool with the goddamn Comedy Jam over the years, and they do all the merch for that show. And he just supplied us with t-shirts for the show, and then his, and he's also hooked me up with a bunch of t-shirts over the years of just, like, he makes these funny, dope shirts. I can't even, like explain it that well really you just have to go to at meth syndicate like for example he gave me this shirt that i get complimented all the time that has guy fieri on it but below it it says smash mouth (laughs) and everybody like half of the people actually know the joke and then the other people are like hey man i dig smash mouth they can't tell the difference between the lead singer of smash mouth and guy fieri so and then there's he has like an olive garden shirt that's a picture of Soundgarden. Just some really funny, unique stuff. So go check that out. Another good friend as well. Got some dates coming up. If you want to see me on the road, February 1 through 3, I'll be in Houston and Dallas with the Kill Tony guys. My boy Patty Reagan, Joel Joelberg Jimenez, Brian Redband, Tony Hinchcliffe doing Kill Tony shows and doing stand-up. And you may see Pat Reagan and I doing some music stuff on the road there as well. Thursday and Friday, February 15th and 16th, Pat Reagan and I will be doing Reagan Watkins in Boston. On the 15th, we're at The Hideout. On February 16th, we're at Great Scott. And I will post about those shows so you can get info on that. And then March 1 through 3, I am up in Sacramento featuring for Tony Hinchcliffe doing some stand-up. So definitely some opportunities to see your boy on the road. So check it out. I'll post on Twitter and Instagram, at Jeremiah Standup. You got to be following me if you're not. I mean, what are you doing? If you're not following me on social media, guys, reach out to me, at Jeremiah Standup. A couple cool things that happened this week. I got a witness one of my favorite people's one-man shows this week, my brother Jamar Neighbors. He's a uh, part of the Wave, if you don't know him. 
we've done comedy together for years, and he did a, a, a really cool one-man show at a theater in Hollywood, and I really hope he does another run. He just did it over the weekend. So I want to tell him congrats, and I love the show, and I'm really hoping he puts it out as a special eventually. Uh, someday it was it was it was cool to see Jamar like I I know him as mainly a stand-up guy but to see him do characters in a show that was like over an hour for a one-man show it was really impressive it's cool whenever you get inspired by your friends and and I'm lucky to be around a lot of good friends uh, that are very creative and brilliant minds a lot of times so that's very cool another weird thing that happened to me this week I had a weird set in the the comedy store original room, I went up like one one fifteen in the morning. It's like a Thursday night, and it was just one of those kind of rowdy crowds. And I brought an audience member up on stage, and I wrestled him on stage. And our piano player, resident piano player Jeff Scott, he filmed it on like a flip cam and sent it to me. So I might upload that to Instagram later this week so maybe look out for that i just watched it it's pretty ridiculous so that's one way that i dealt with the heckler is i just just like you want to wrestle and he was like yes i do i have uh i have this fan that keeps hitting me up uh his name is stan uh let's uh let's listen to what he has to say he keeps hitting me up i don't know what he wants to talk about this time Dear Jeremiah, you're great on Kill Tony. When you hosted, I thought it was gold, especially the segments with Red Band. Mainly, though, your new podcast, Jeremiah Wonders, is so freaking funny. It has made me laugh harder than any podcast in a while. The characters are such a great idea. I look forward to so much future laughs from them, and the spontaneous jumps from serious to joking are fantastic. Go longer, though, man. You've got the stuff for it. Thank you for doing what you do. Rock on, and again, you rock. Your boy, Stan. JK, this is Hunter Priest. Thank you, Hunter Priest, for writing into the show. To answer your question about going longer, I enjoy trying to keep podcasts under an hour, and also, this podcast takes a long time to produce and edit, so I'm trying to keep down my time as much as possible because it still takes me at least six to eight hours per episode to end up producing and mixing and all that stuff. So I'm trying to make it as high quality for you guys as possible. So I'd rather you, you be wanting a little bit more than for me to go too long. That, that makes sense? Today's episode I did on location. The audio is a little bit wonky in some areas because I had to remove some buzz from a cord that kind of went bad halfway through the podcast. So if you're listening on headphones, you might notice it, or you may not notice at all. Maybe I shouldn't have said anything, but I figured I'd be open with you guys. Really excited for this episode. If you want to write into the show just like Hunter Priest did, email yourboyjeremiahwatkins at gmail.com. That is Y-O-U-R, boy, jeremiahwatkins at gmail.com. And without further ado, I present to you the legend, Dom Herrera. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Jeremiah Wonders. Guess who I've got with me right now? It's Dom Irera. Are you serious? It's the Dom Irera. How did you get him? I don't know. I called him and he was nice enough to say I'll be there tomorrow. Wow. That's a friend. That's a good friend right there. 
It's a friend. It's a friend who loves you and your your beloved. <laughs> didn't even didn't even give you the uh, the the guy the. Uh, uh, let me look at my calendar real quick. Yeah, right. Meanwhile, <laughs> he, me, was uh, sleep, he was sleeping on it. <laughs> falls right back asleep. <laughs> yeah, Dom and I are at. Uh, we're recording at the La- at the uh, Laugh Factory right now. The prestigious Laugh Factory. This place is buzzing. Look at that, Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis statues. Way to keep your finger on the pulse of what's happening today in comedy. <laughs> And uh, Dom and I are pretty dimly lit right now. This is probably the most romantic podcast I've ever done. Do you want to get a cappuccino? Sure. <laughs> Split it? Sounds great. Right down the middle. Mm. Two straws. Well, better make it one. <laughs> so good uh, to have you on the on the show, Dom. Um, I've been um, wanting to get you on, so I'm excited excited that you're here, man. Uh, you've been you've been busy. You just uh, wrapped up season one of um, I'm Dying Up Here on Showtime. See, well, actually, we're into seven, uh, season two now. Yeah. Have you, ten have, more. have you started shooting? Uh... They started. I start uh, on February 8th. When's this go up? Uh, Monday. So it'll be out uh, before the end of January. Monday. I'll be in Vegas that uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Monday and Tuesday, and then I come back and shoot. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's nice, Lauren. You're just in Tampa, right? I was in Tampa. Uh, Ask me how I did. Hey, Tom, uh, how'd you do? I don't want to talk about it because then it'll seem like I'm bragging. No, Dom, please tell me. I, I all right, to- all right. I crushed, I killed. I always love those guys. <laughs> I crushed, I killed. When, oh, when you're going back, he said I wasn't right for the club. <laughs> <laughs> I was too strong. You know, made the made the other performers look weak. Yeah. Didn't want not, to make them feel bad. Not fair to the locals. <laughs> so this will be on before the Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you got a prediction? It's unfortunately probably going to be the Patriots again. Well, that's not unfortunate. They're good. I mean, I'm from Philly, but you know, I just like a little little spice. A lot of people you know? do. Yeah, I like to mix it. Well, they they had their losses. They lost against the Giants twice. Yeah, boo hoo for them. Yeah, poor <laughs> poor, poor Tom, Tom Brady. Brady. Ooh, it's so so what upsetting. A, what a rotten life he has. Right. Uh, speaking of us being at the Laugh Factory, uh, I think that's where you and I first did a show together. Was at the Las Vegas. Laugh Factory. I opened for oh, you. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Like probably, man, that was probably five or six years ago. Was no? it really? Yeah. Oh, you gavolt. You think we'd have yeah. more material by now, <laughs> right? Doing the same act. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie said to me at one time. He goes, "I thought it was a compliment." He goes, "I gotta say, buddy, sometimes you do the same jokes over and over, but they're always different." <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Jamie. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you for the compliment. For the strangest compliment I've ever received. <laughs> I remember I uh, I was I was hosting whenever I was bringing Dom up, <laughs> and uh, and I was bringing him to the stage, giving him this nice intro, and the the bit that I closed with, I closed with uh, this bit where I was humping the stool on the oh, floor, right. <laughs> and uh, the first thing that Dom gets on stage is like, uh, you know what? I don't see him as much of a performer. I see him as more of a writer. <laughs> <laughs> he wrote that bit of humping that stool. Well, you know, a lot of guys are humping stools now. I'm not saying you're not original in your thoughts and your procedure towards the material, but a lot of guys, you know, I mean, I remember when Rogan did it. I remember a lot of guys started doing it, and then they, you know, just they started humping anything on stage or near the stage and fucking the air, you know. But have you, do you, have you seen it a lot? You know what? The Whenever I, uh, I actually wrote that bit, and this was a while ago, is almost making fun of that style oh, okay. of comedy yeah. because it that was a huge thing like in the 90s for sure like it there was like if there 
was a stool on stage, that stool's getting humped. <laughs> right. Well, I like to watch Brian Callen because you know how sexy he thinks he is. Oh, I love so Brian. so great. But he looks at the audience after he humped it like, eh, how'd you like a little bit of that? Huh? You I mean, want a piece of this? You want like me to break it off? Old swivel hips, huh? Huh? You into that? <laughs> and uh, I did this one bit uh, another night where I was uh, I was making fun of uh, '80s comedians how they uh, how they they lean into their punchlines and, oh, yeah. and uh, do physical act right, outs right. with it. And you walked on stage and you go, "What does that hook nosed Jew bastard know about the '80s? Nothing." I said that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just love when they that you're right about that cadence. It was almost like a Richard Belzer kind of cadence, and I'm yeah. thinking, "Hey, babe, why don't you go take a walk down the, you know, Dennis Miller and and Richard and the great comedians, but they did have that that cadence." All right. When did uh, what year did you get to Los Angeles? 1942, uh, <laughs> 87. 1940. It was a different time. It was it was the summer of '82. I remember the people begging me to get in show business. Everybody wanted me to be a comic. Did you get that when you were a kid? That they thought you should be a comedian? Uh, I, I mean, I didn't really get show business people begging me. My family. Yeah, family, they like they loved whenever I would do like impressions or like little act outs or voices for their friends or whatever yeah. like that. Yeah. Well, you do impressions too, right? Yeah. Uh, we, should, we should say that we're on Kill Tony together bunch of times you know because when i started it you weren't there yeah so what so let's talk about that what um you've done uh kill tony which is uh for people who don't know is tony hinchcliffe's podcast uh he does uh weekly live at the comedy store and it's basically you know a panel of uh comedians and they help open micers uh tweak jokes or give them advice or they bust their chops or they just bust their chops uh now you've done that show a lot and you did it uh, before I joined, like the band, like the yeah, kind of late Pat night band, there. it was just Pat. How has do you, do you feel like the shows evolved a lot over like the last uh, couple of years? Yeah, I think it's more comfortable. I just think that my only problem with it, and I've told you this before, is that I can't see everybody down the line when I'm sitting there, and yeah. I don't want to step on anybody else's lines, or I don't want them to step on my lines. But it's you can't, you know, that's the hard part, like competing to get airtime. But it's a great show. I mean, I think he's a terrific host, but. I understand. I missed the one that you hosted because you want to bet. Oh yeah, that was so fun. Yeah, we called it "Kill Jeremiah" and everything. <laughs> I'll tell you what; it's the it was uh, the most I've ever seen Tony not like be able to collect his cool. Like I got underneath his skin really? so hard because I was I was hosting like his baby, you oh, know, yeah, like yeah. and, I, and I, I was tweaking with the format and stuff, and he was just like looking at me like, "Dude, what are you doing?" Why to my would show? he? Even, why, why would he even offer that? Well, I won this bet uh, of this. Uh, we did this weight gain challenge <laughs> in the month of December. Oh, right. You were telling me. Yeah. So I gained 30 pounds and he only gained three and a half pounds. <laughs> wow. So I got to host his show. And if I would have lost, he would have shaved my head live on Kill Tony. Yeah. But that's not as bad. <laughs> You'll have your hair back in two months. Yeah. Yeah. He has to live forever with the fact that you hosted a show and did a good job. <laughs> it was live fun. Live with that. Live with that, Tony Hinchcliffe. You hear that? <laughs> Actually, I think we have a caller uh, calling in. Hello? Hello? Caller? Hello, Dom. It's me, Tony Hinchcliffe. Wanted to call you and ask you why you're siding with Jeremiah. Uh, no, Tony, I'm not. It's just part of the show. And how did you get this? It, we're just we're re- recording it now. No, I, I know that there's a number at the Laugh Factory I was patched Son through. Son of a bitch. I should have known. If anybody would figure it out, it was him. 
Yes, it's me, one of the top young rising comedians in the world. Yeah, you mentioned that quite a bit. Yes. Dom, what's it like being an underling to me, Tony Hinchcliffe? <laughs> well, it's different, I gotta tell you. <laughs> you would never want to follow me, Dom. I'm usually, I usually get, you know, I usually do shows with the paid regulars. I am a paid regular. Oh, sorry, Tony. You buffoon. <laughs> we just lost him, I don't know where he went. I don't know. He dropped the call. That's so weird. That's so strange. Uh, he's how did he know? How did he know where we were? How did he know uh-huh. to be able to call in? That's son that's, of a bitch. Well, I love the fact that the people are supposed to do a minute. This is what we're talking about Kill Tony. Now. Yeah, and a lot of them are, do like 35, 40 seconds. They go, "Oh, was that a minute?" They can't even do a freaking minute. And that's such a common thing on the show too. Yeah, is you you think like, okay, it's a minute that's gonna fly by, but so right. many comics. They just don't time it right, or they're nervous that they're going to run over, and they're so afraid to to reach the end that they're like, uh, "Yeah, so is just that stop done? when the cat, you know, comes on." Yeah, exactly. Are you going to do this uh, like at Montreal or anything? This would be a great great thing for you to take up there. Uh, I don't know. It's uh, it's it's a newer uh, it's a newer show. Started at the beginning of the year because uh, people kept asking me on Kill Tony. They kept tweeting at me and stuff like, "When are you going to put out your own podcast?" So, uh, yeah, we'll see. One final thing about the Kil- Kiltoni experience. Did mm-hmm. you ever tell your audience about the fight? We haven't talked about it on this podcast yet, but but Dom was a part of probably one of my favorite things that has happened on the show just because it was so bizarre. But I'd love to hear you <laughs> recall it because... Well, we're doing a, a Kill Tony from Austin for the Moon Tower Comedy Festival. And, you know, people were coming up. It was just seemed r- rather normal. Then this guy comes up who's really messed up and he's swaying, you know. And I, I, I got, got up just when he started swaying because I knew he could fall on me. I didn't realize he, was, you know, he, could, he could hit one of us. But uh, you, you started, what I, my best recollection was, you know, everybody like bus chops, and you were one of the busted chops. And why he picked on you? Maybe he wanted to go after the biggest guy or something and showed that he was macho. But he actually came after you physically. And that was the first time I ever saw you even perturbed at all. Yeah, I had to. Uh, I had to uh, puff my chest out a little bit. You did. But he was also he, it, my saxophone was possibly in danger too, so I held that away from me. So right, he, right. So, so. I don't mind getting bruised myself, but nobody fucks with my horn. Yeah, exactly. That's what a bunch of the comments were on YouTube. Is like he doesn't even care about his face. He's 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 holding his saxophone away. Oh, they saw it. That's right. Yeah. yeah, I posted that video online. Yeah, did they get a lot of hits? Uh it's like in the ninety thousands. Wow. Yeah. So it's funny because a lot of people had no idea about my comedy before that video came out. And that was just one of those videos that circled around the comedy community. It was like, you got to see this. This is just a weird... You really do have to see that, yeah. ...thing that happened. Uh, and we found out the guy was drunk and on mushrooms, so... And by the way, I saw him a half an hour later getting thrown out of another place. What? And he waved to me like, hey, what are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe it's not my night. Yeah, the girl that I was with, that blonde, I don't know if you remember her, but we went down, we were early for the party so we went and just sat in the back and he was already there he already started trouble before the party started that oh night and, and by the way he's an open micer in austin yeah oh and i think we have another phone call is you're it, kidding yeah i think uh is this is this kyle from from the episode of kill tony is this my arch nemesis from austin hey dude yeah man i really you know i didn't mean to like 
like, you know, and whatnot, but uh, I just got a little bit carried away. But, yeah, you know, I was hoping maybe if you could put in a word for me anywhere yeah, at any time, I would appreciate it. Because, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm, just, I'm out, of, out of work right now. I don't know why I fuck them. I'll kill them. But, uh, you know, if you could help me, that'd be cool. <laughs> you want me to vouch for you after you tried to attack me? No, well, you, no dude, dude, man, that was like an act. You know, it's, it's not... That's not the me that you would know and love at breakfast. This is like the me, like after last call, that's drinking people's half, you know, half drunk glasses. That's it's a whole different me. Well, how do I know that you're not going to show up drunker on mushrooms to uh, another gig? Because I'm telling you, duh. Let me listen to me, man. I think, and maybe I'm out of line here. That we should uh, start a comedy team, you, you and I. Wait, you want to take this act on the road? Oh, you mean, uh, whoa. you mean you 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 attacking me? That's what you're considering taking yeah, on the yeah. road. Yeah, every show we close with a different way of attacking you. Like I do a Bowie knife thing. I do a cross. <laughs> I do a cross. Listen, man, that's not funny. It's a, sorry. I'm trying to. I, I do like a crossbow thing, you know, and a, a hatchet. You've got a lot of weapons. I don't know if I I feel safe talking to you anymore. Did you see my weed? Okay, we lost the call, Dom. I don't know what. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Fuck, what was that? I had to disconnect him. Is I was that really a little that guy? Creep. I think it was really that guy. Holy shit. Dude, I don't know what his deal was. Who who suggests ending every show with a fight? He kind of scared me whenever he brought up the hatchet. Yeah, yeah it's a little weird. Well, you know, you're not going back to Austin this year, are you? I am, actually. Oh, you are? <laughs> Dude, if he shows up, He'll I don't be, Oh, know. he's definitely gunning for you. But man, you know what? You can hope that he's like clean. Hopefully, I've been so- sober for eighty-eight days. Somebody, <laughs> ooh, that's still kind of recent. Uh, <laughs> somebody told me that he came out to the comedy store and they had to kick him out of the comedy store out here in L.A. After, after that, after, yeah, wow. Which I was like, that kind of creeped me out a little bit. Well, I don't know why I leaned into that. <laughs> like some other character was going to come out of me. Oh, that's fun. When was this? That was like. Literally within a month after it happened in May of uh, 2017. Well, I imagine he was pr- pretty upset because it's such a small community. And if you if you burn your bridges in a community like that, you're done. Yeah. You know, I mean, in L.A. or New York, you could find some place to perform. But, out, you know, in Austin, Austin's I don't think. Pretty slim pickings as far as, yeah, yeah. The, the spots. Uh, S- speaking of slim pickings. Speaking of slim pickings. Did you ever pickings. see Blazing Saddles? Yeah. You know that pit where he, you know how like prejudiced he, all the things they say and racist things. The funniest thing to me was he comes out and it was the slaves and the uh, the Chinese and they were all slaves and, and the, the the white white cowboys that were taking, you know, their, their masters. <laughs> and they were trying to sing a song and they, they, they sang something and they get, they didn't know it. Then they got one song like Camp Town Lady sing, you know that song? Yeah. Camp Town Lady. Sing that song. Do yeah. that. Yeah. Right, they were singing that and they're dancing and Slim Pickens pulls up and he, he shoots his gun and he goes, what in the wide world of sports are you doing? I, I put you out here to lay some rail. You end up dancing like a bunch of Kansas City faggots. Right? And I just thought to myself, why is that so funny? I don't even know what it means. It, yeah, it, there's some jokes that you don't know what they mean, but immediately you're like, "This is one of the funniest things I've ever well, heard." It's so, so, what's a Kansas City faggot? Is it like, "Hello, a, I'm from Kansas City." <laughs> I know, <laughs> but I know you got a beautiful wife. Yeah, you actually. Uh, that we had a really nice dinner the other night. We we love that man. Uh, Dom took us out uh, to dinner for uh, 
little wedding uh, present uh, for anytime your kids get married, I'm there for you. Either <laughs> one of you, <laughs> however many marriages you you do, uh, I'll take you out to eat each time. <laughs> yeah, we had a great time at an Italian place uh, called Aga, right? Yeah, yeah, that was great. So when you're you're coming out to Los Angeles, uh, who were some of the the first comics that you met, and what like what were some of the first? Did you go to the store right away whenever you came to LA? Did you go to the Laugh Factory Improv, like, or did you start hitting all of well, them? Well, my connection was with the Improv mm-hmm. uh, because I was from the Improv in New York. But so you knew Bud Friedman. From he, out there? he he left before I got okay. there. I knew him a little bit, but uh, the Comedy Store. I, I always wanted to perform here, there, and I I, I performed and I passed the audition. Right? Was that so I, was that from Mitzi Shore? Yeah, and yeah. I I was a paid regular. Boom. You know, it was like so easy. It was too easy to be true, and which which ended up happening. So I go back to New York, and every my all my friends go, "How'd it go out there?" I said, "Well, I passed." They go, "You passed in the first time." I go, "Yeah, that's cool, huh?" Yeah, man, it's great, right? So I'm, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling my. And I go back, and, and the next time I go back, she totally forgot me. Oh. Totally forgot who I was. I had to audition again, and then I passed uh, that time, and then it, and then she remembered me. Wow. But you imagine like, you know, oh, yeah, I passed it. No big deal. Then I go, she doesn't fucking remember me? Holy shit. I thought yeah. I made it. I thought I was wonderful. I thought I made an impression. Apparently wow. not. But I think we have uh, another phone call. You're Hel- kidding. Hello? Who's this? Hi, is this John Marrera? It's Mitzi? Me. It's me, Mitzi. Hi, Mitz. Hey. Uh, sorry I forgot about you that one time. I see a lot of comics. No, I understand. It just was very hurtful at the time. Yeah. So how how's the career going since then? Good, good. I I I did the Rodney Dangerfield special in 1987, and since then I haven't worked. But you know, but I, I just feel it like it's right around the corner for me. Yeah. Keep grinding, okay, Tom. Hey, thanks for calling, Mitz. Yeah, not a problem. Say hi to your sons. I will. And Sandy, sure. Good, mom. Who's that? Uh, get off the phone, Polly. I guess Polly's over there right now. Yeah, yeah. Huh. Hmm. Well, yeah, oh, I got to tell you what happened. The first time I did the Tonight Show, so because of the question you asked me about the improv and the comedy store. Yeah. The first time I did the Tonight Show, I here's my introduction. I said, he, they said he, he started out in, uh, in, in uh, New York at the improv, and then he moved out here, and you could see him at the comedy store on Saturday night in the main room. So I was getting a main room spot and plugging it, right? So how cool is that? And everybody, I, I plugged the improv. I'm probably the only comic that ever plugged both those clubs sure. at once. Yeah. So then I get a call from one of the managers at the in-club, in, improv, all pissed off that I didn't plug the West Coast improv. I go, I did the best I could. I said, if I say improv on these from New York, they're gonna if they're out here, they're not going to go, well, that's not the New York one. Yeah. You know? So uh, anyway, he was all pissed off. So you so got I, heat because you were trying to yeah, trying to please everybody. everybody. Yeah. So you know what I did? I, I, I said the magic words. Bud Friedman had a meeting with me, and he was trying to, you know, admonish me and tell me how bad I was and how ungrateful I was. I said, I'll tell you what, but Mitzi is paying my my rent right now. She she's giving me a living. She had she had uh, Honolulu, Las Vegas, San Diego, and here right and Westwood. And I says, if you can pay me what she pays me, I'll never do the store again. No one I was going to call his bluff. You know what he did? He put his arm around me. He goes, Dom, we always forgive around here. You know, <laughs> when, it, when it comes to money. When it comes to money, people change yeah. their tune pretty right. quickly. Wow. 
So what what uh who were some of the uh like comics in your class around that time like uh whenever you uh came to LA like who were the guys who you were going up after or or that you had to follow or you had to go up before like at the store or the improv? Well, Roseanne, uh Sam Kennison, uh Dice Clay, um bunch of you know like like a lot of tv stars i mean prior was i i, I barely saw him healthy you know just like a glimpse of him mm-hmm. roddy dangerfield jackie mason were old the old timers then and you know arsenio hall and people like that were the new kids you know it's funny because joe rogan joe rogan joe rogan said to me uh this is the hottest the store has ever been i said actually joe it's very hot but i've seen it pretty hot in my you know <laughs> yeah. i came out here and he goes, no, this is the hottest. I go, Joe, you weren't even there. How can you tell me when I was there? And he kind of looked at me like, oh, maybe he's right. You know. <laughs> now, when when you were going, because now that you've seen it now, because it's you know it's been very hot lately, and then compared to back then, did you feel like it was something special while it was going on, or were you kind of unaware at the time? Like you're like, oh, this is just kind of how it is, and then until well, after the fact, I didn't know until after the fact, until when, when it, it started started going down. And I remember being at the Lab Factory and Jamie, and I was doing all three clubs, and Jamie would say, uh, the the Lab Factory would be packed. And he would say, go down to the comedy store. You know, they got a great show. You know, there's plenty of room. You know, because him and Mitzi were friends, where Bud and Mitzi were enemies. Yeah. You know, and that's what that show, uh, that that show that I have a recurring character on, I'm dying up here. uh, That's, it's, it's based on that time in the 70s in Hollywood. Is it weird to kind of be playing a version of probably a comic that you knew back in that era now? Is that kind of strange? Is yeah. it kind of surreal for you? Because yeah. they, they, they put you in a wig. They they like I know. made you all like 70s looking for, for that role. Yeah. I mean, I, that was before I was a stand-up. But uh, I was an improv group then. And we were all sitting on my roof. We went up to rehearse. We went to rehearse our improvs, make sure they're nice and tight. <laughs> and uh, I remember uh, them reading out of the Village Voice about the, the comedian who killed himself. And I went, "Man, this stand-up's maybe it's tougher than I thought." Yeah, fucking guys jumping off, try, jumping off buildings, trying to hit another building. What the hell's that about? You know. But uh, I, you know, I gave. I, you know, why I came out here because my goal was to have somebody fly me out here. And I did Star Search, a show that was way before your time, way, way, you know, it was the early 80s. And that they flew me out, and I was so excited that somebody flew me, that I didn't have to come out with a picture and resume going, you, will, you know, I was in Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead, and I was the rabbi and fiddler on the roof. Like, they, like they, you don't know how little they give a shit about that, you know. Wow, that's wild. Do you, like, you've worked with, man, you've worked with pretty much everybody, like, in the last... You know, comedians. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Did who who are a handful uh, that stand out to you? Like whenever you perform with them for the first time, you're like, "Whoa, this this guy or this this lady is is something special." Like you could just tell right away, like, "Oh, this person's gonna be gonna be big." Well, you knew Roseanne had it. You saw it right away. She just had she had a point of view. She was very strong. She was a woman who was not a lesbian. She was a housewife, you know, just different. Like a lot of the women were were lesbians then, and they were kind of tougher because they had to be more masculine to compete with the men. You know, it was tough. For, I mean, it's, it's still tough for women, but now there's some. I don't know if you've noticed, and I know you're married, but you can still see. You can still see. There's so many really hot looking 
girls that are also funny. I feel like that's definitely got to be a new trend, right? Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, back in the day, they were real sacks of potatoes (laughs) (laughs) with lipstick on. (laughs) Oh, God. I think she's coming towards me. Oh, yikes. No, but uh, But she's got a tight five. (laughs) I don't want to name names, but uh, well, I don't mind naming today's names like... Kate Quigley and uh, and Eleanor Kerrigan and Jesse May Pelusa. I mean, those they're yeah, they're all they're very funny. pretty and they're very funny. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and me by this time next year. Whoop! I slipped. Whoops! I slipped with the surprise. Are we putting out that that uh, that speedo calendar? Are you and I doing that still? Yeah, I just I just want to gain a little more weight, you know, so we're before and after. You get now. Do you still have that weight on? Because I can't tell. I lost fifteen of it. Yeah. So what do you weigh now? Uh, right around one eighty. So I got I got pretty thin and in shape whenever yeah. when it, right before I did that. As you you crushed him in that. Oh, I crushed him. That's funny. Yeah. He, he never expected it, did he? He. I think I don't know. People say that they they thought that at some points that he knew that I was going to to win and that he kind of gave up but he told he tells me he swears that he was trying and uh and that he just literally can't wait gain weight like rogan told me he's like he's like uh he's like tony is an ectomorph his body cannot gain weight he is very skinny you know he's like going down the, the reasons why yeah, and he's yeah. like you are a mesomorph you are able to gain weight you have a little bit thicker frame you'll be able to crush him in this but yeah joe's funny you know one thing about joe is his thirst for knowledge Wow. Never subsides. Yeah, I mean, he he really is. Not only is he smart, but he's always trying to fill his mind with more information. He really questions things, you know. Yeah, it's really fascinating. Like how I think that's a big part of being so he's pop, he's so popular because of that. Well, yeah. Well, he it's it's kind of interesting to see that he can hold his own in a conversation with brilliant people that are scientists or masters of their field. He researches enough. Where he knows the terms and 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 how basically to talk with them rather than like so uh yeah. what's this uh, science stuff all about right, yeah that's not an interesting interview you're like oh this guy has no idea uh-huh. yeah he does come loaded with with facts and knowledge about the subject definitely yeah what was your like outside of the Tonight Show was uh uh was like like coming on Seinfeld and and doing some other sitcoms or is that some of your 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 first breaks that you would consider well Roddy Dangerfield special was by far the biggest break bigger than the Tonight Show bigger than anything Mm -hmm. and then I have my own special and that won an Ace Award which is would be winning today's Emmy Award for best uh, comedy special wow so that was a pretty big deal you know that helped me get work and fill up places and all that when did when did that top 100 comics list come out i don't know i don't know i i I know that i was number 79 and i was furious (laughs) felt like i should have been 78 cedric daniel jane cheated i'll say (laughs) it now i'll say it to cedric if you're out there you stole from me cedric uh that was like really kind of a um, one of those just stamps of approval you know i mean to me it was like ridiculous to pick up i mean to show you how silly it was the, the last two of the hundred were Janine Garofalo and Dice Clay, right? Now, first of all, Dice Clay, like him or not, he's a legitimate act. Janine Garofalo is just like a, you know, uh, a comedy wannabe, uh, has that kind of, um, I'm hipper than you. I may not be that funny, but I'm so hip, it doesn't matter. 
you know. Anyway, that, that that contest was funny because I was hosting the con, I was hosting the show about the show uh, on Comedy Central, and the hosts were me, Mario Joyner, a black man, Greg Giraldo, a, a very white uh, Harvard grad doctor or not doctor lawyer, uh, Judy Gold, tall, wonderfully funny lesbian, and uh, I guess that was it. Yeah, the four of us, right? Yeah. And I was the only one that was actually in the top 100 of the four. So they hated everybody of their ilk. You know, Judy hated the women. Mario hated the black guys. And Greg hated the white intellectuals. You know, me, I loved everybody. No, but I mean, it was just so funny to be on that side of it. Oh, we got another caller. Get out. Yeah. Hey, Dom, Irera. Hey, uh. Uh, fellow Italian here, big fan of yours. Really proud of you for making a top 100 list of Thanks. our who, who is this? Do, all time. Thanks. Do I know you? Uh, yes. My name is Mendini. Mendini? Mendini Ferrello. It doesn't ring a bell. A bello. Uh, you know, we used to play the golf together. The golf? The golf. Or do you have... You know, a, like the poker, the golf. Like, like a sea golf? Yes. Oh, well, thanks for calling in, man. How are you doing? I'm doing uh, very well. I heard you had some rough times. Uh, you were uh, accused of certain things I don't want to talk about on, on the show, but uh, it's good to see you're out. Yes, my wife uh, grew ill, but thanks to you, your comedy brought her back to life, Domarera. Wow, you got more Italian. Yes. <laughs> it's amazing. Yes. Well, thank you for Every calling. Every time I watch your comedy, more Italian. Wow, how come you get louder, too? I don't know, I'm very excited to see you, Damirera. Wow. I mean, call you. We're not on the Skype. <laughs> what is this? Come on. Well, you know, you, you kid around even with yourself. That's how much you love kidding around. <laughs> there it is again. That, that was it? Yeah, the funny juice. <laughs> it pours out of you, Dom. Yeah, it's a gift. Thank you. Know, I, I mean, you know what? I have a guy that you might be interested in being a comedy team with. He lives in Austin, Texas. Oh. Um, will you put me uh, through to him? Yeah, I'll put you through. I'll hook you up. We have him on on, on one line. We, that's how popular he is with us. Thanks for calling. Well, let me patch them through to the other line. Let me see if I can... If you can patch uh, your caller in, maybe I'll be able to patch Mendini through with Kyle. Yeah, that'd be cool. Hello, I'm looking for the, the comedy stylings of Kyle. Well, who is this, man? It's a Mendini. It's a, a Mendini? Mendini is my name. Oh, yeah. I got this, some kind of, uh, of foodborne allergy for that shit. Hey, man, uh, uh, I'm not supposed to be on the phone because my mother uh, is cleaning my room. You still live at your home with your mother? Well, they live with me, actually, but it's their house. You know, but I, I take care of them. You know, I, I, I hit them, and I, I, I like to strangle them in the morning. I, I love my family. Anyway, uh, th- thanks for calling. I got to go back to, to, to rehab. You called me. This is crazy. Are we? Do we, we <laughs> look can't like believe. We both of those. Thanks for calling. Jeez. <laughs> what? He called. Wacko. Wow. I think the two of them. I mean, maybe they should tour together because that was a mess. Yeah, yeah. That was. It was weird, Mendini, because he he kept going in and out with his inflection. Yeah, like sometimes, like it was almost like an Italian caricature. And then he turned into like Count Dracula or something. <laughs> <laughs> so strange. Hey, I got a one for you. <laughs> uh, let's do this next segment. Uh, it's called Fanning Out. Fanning Out. Questions from fans. I asked the Twitterverse if they could ask you any question at all. 
what would they ask you? And uh, this one comes from at Ting Ting Ringo. What's it been like to ride the comedy wave over the decades of your career? Have you adapted your approach or is it your natural outlook that allowed you to remain hilarious and relevant? Stop it. Uh, you know what I think helps me is the fact that I hang out with uh, young guys like Jeremiah here and I get the the rhythm of their humor. You know, you just ha you can't help that if you're hanging out with friends. And one thing, I've never gotten stuck in my, my time. You know, I never wanted to be like a comedian of the 80s or whatever. I just wanted to be funny, relevant to today. So uh, does that make sense? No, definitely. Uh, also, you go up more than even a lot of younger working comics. You know what I mean? Like you're yeah. up like pretty much every single night doing well, spots. It's, it's the only way I can get material because I'm not really a good writer. I'm a better improver, so I try and, you know, improvise it, and if I can get something out of it, great. Do you usually go up with, like, kind of bullet points, and then you kind of work it out, like, and write it on stage? Yeah. I yeah. mean, I have, like, two or three. See, what I like, in these 15-minute sets, I want these people to, they came in from, you know, Kansas City or some other frag haven. <laughs> <laughs> no, but they can, you know, they came in from out of town. They're, they're excited about being at the store. So I don't want to just sit there with a notebook and try stuff out. What I want to do is have like a solid act that will entertain them for 10 of the minutes and then five of the minutes, new stuff we woven in with it, you know? Mm -hmm. Totally. Uh, this next question is from at vulgar underscore psycho. Is this new comedy slash Netflix special boom in the last couple of years good or bad for comedy? And would you be interested in doing another special? Well, I'm I'm not that interested in doing another special because I just don't have the motivation, uh, if that makes sense. Like, I just, I really, you know, people are trying to tell me, you sell merchandise. I go, no, I don't. I'm, I'm tired. I don't feel like fucking selling merchandise. <laughs> I don't want to sell Bada Boom Bada Bing t-shirts. <laughs> I, I threw out, like, I gave away all my CDs or DVDs, rather. I just gave them away because I couldn't take it. Like, getting change and all. And I made, you know, I mean, I don't want to be a jerk about it, but I've made enough money. So if you don't need money, I mean, all it is is artistic, you know, trying to be creative and, you know. Yeah, I think, uh, oh, you know what's interesting? Oh, wow, the lines are lighting up. Oh, we actually have uh, a caller on the line. Is this the Bada Boom, Bada Bing t-shirt creator? <laughs> is it? Is this? Hey, how you doing? Hey, uh. Uh, Dom was just uh, kind of ragging on, uh, you know, the idea of selling merch with uh, catchphrases on it. Bada boom, bada bing. Is, is you're the creator of that though, well, right? Yeah, I did bada boom, bada bing. I did Joey bag of donuts. You're the Joey bag of donuts yeah, t-shirt guy. I did that. I when Dom did that thing, Jimmy the Woman. Jimmy the Woman. Jimmy that's the one of my favorite yeah, bits. Yeah, that was in his act. I did that all. I sold all kinds of shit. I, I had culottes. Well, you know, culottes are very clever because they're like a skirt, but you can open your legs wide because you can't. You know, it's really like short pants. Yeah, I actually it's clever, isn't it? It is clever. Like you just open up yourself like like you're getting air down there. You know what I mean? But really, you know, it doesn't matter because it's not against the law or any of that particular yeah. shit. The the Christian school that I went to growing up the, the the women had to wear culottes oh that's hot yeah oh you're into that well yeah because you're really not looking at anything you're looking at a piece of, piece of cloth over something but it gives you the illusion of looking at something you know like the the, the uh not for one of a medical term the twattle area as we used to call it in catholic grade school <laughs> just use your imagination right yeah think about what it might look like that bearded clam 
I can't believe I said that. I hate myself. <laughs> can I go? Can we go back to Dom? He's funny. Wait, no, I want to talk to you for oh, a little, no. for a li- just a second longer. Are you sure? Yeah, 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 yeah. I've got a couple more questions. Do you have any other products that you want to plug? Uh, because you know this podcast goes out to a lot of people. Do you, do you have any other pro- podcast uh, products that you want to to plug on the show? Well, I got this thing called Guido Foam. Guido foam? Guido foam, which looks exactly like the male sperm. Okay. Yeah, and I spray that all over the house. Uh, people seem to love it. So it, it's fake semen. It's not, yeah, it's not really, it's not really uh, jizz juice or whatever you, whatever the medical term is for that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's it's quite a product. I, I, I dabble in a lot of other things, you know. You sound like quite the inventor. Guido foam, the bada boom, bada bing t-shirt. Oh, yeah. Jersey woman. I, I got to thank Dom for letting me do this. You know, he didn't care. He, he doesn't care about anything. He actually he cares about you and your wife. It's it's more product for you to sell, right? Since Dom's not competing. <laughs> I got a little uh, tuberculosis. <laughs> I'll be fine. Uh, we, uh, oh, he dropped the call. I don't know. Oh, son of a bitch. Wow. Hey, thanks for calling, brother. Well. Because. That's uh. That's very interesting. Oh, man, there's my mic. Dom, that was uh, quite the phone call that we just received from that guy. Oh, do you, a, did, did he did he make you change your 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 opinion at all? Well, kind of, yeah. I guess you think you should start selling merch now, right? No, but I, I I think it's nice to help people that you know don't have acts or the creative ability that you or I have. <laughs> oh, this next question comes from at. The real roaming. What's the first joke you wrote you were proud of? I like that question a lot. My first joke that I was proud of was, uh, well, two. One, one dirty, one clean. The dirtier one was I was a bouncer at a bar, and a bouncer, me, um, in Philadelphia called Doc Watson's, and the, and the bartender was beautiful. And I said to her, I said, you want to uh, you want to sleep with me tonight? She, uh, she looked at me, smiling. I, I guarantee any woman three screaming orgasms a night. I don't know what she does, but I scream like a little bitch in heat. That was the joke. My first dirty. My other joke was I was doing a, a show called um, All My Children, which was a soap opera, and I was playing an under five, and an under five means you have under five lines, mm-hmm. right? And uh, I wrote. Um, my father never cheated on my mother. My father left home when I was in second grade. He never cheated on my mother. He used to cheat on me, pick up other kids after school, take them to the zoo, take them to play ball. One day he came to me and he says, look, I got to love with you. I met another kid. For the first time in my life, I feel like a real father. <laughs> that was my first joke. That's great. Uh, this next question, um, it comes from at Trevor Cavillo. If a male cat rubs your leg and it turns you on, does that make you gay? Absolutely. <laughs> Gayer than you could possibly ever dream to be. If you get a boner from a cat, you're not only gay, but you're sick gay. I think we we have a, a caller that's trying to get in right now. Hello? Who's this? Meow. It's me. Philippe? Yes, your kitty cat. Wow. Uh, 
hi. You're such a, you have such a great speaking voice for a cat. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for calling. I didn't know you listened to these kinds of shows. I, I love Jeremiah's podcast. See, I would think you would listen to Discovery and stuff like that. You know. No, I'm more of National an, Geographic. I'm more of an auditory listener and learner. Oh, I see. Cool. So dumb. When I rubbed against your leg the other day, what sensation did you feel? I felt loved. I felt used, which I love. And I felt like there was a possibility of maybe rubbing a little other places, you know what I mean? Yes. Why am I on the phone? I don't know. You you hopped in on the phone call. <laughs> uh, because because we're at the same house right now. Oh right, cool. I don't know what happened. They they that was weird. Philippe the cat just whew, yeah Philippe. patched in. Then you patched in for a second. First cat I ever loved. First cat you ever loved. The one that got away. <laughs> uh, last question. Wow, uh, this is a real question that somebody really wanted to ask you at Jarrett. Nez, do you have a favorite diarrhea story? Well, I don't know if it's diarrhea or just a wet fart, but <laughs> I was going to school. It was the second or third grade. I was going to school, and it was the first time. I never knew about wet farts, and I, I, I farted, and I could feel the moisture, and I went, uh-oh, and I just pinched my ass together, and I held it the rest of the morning and went home and had my underwear changed by a group of adults. I love the phrase on that. Now, this was before I knew about the world of wet farts. <laughs> I was I was never uh, introduced to that emporium. I was never privy. I was never privy to that knowledge. And then uh, my world turned upside down when the fart that I thought was dry became a moist, wet, wild one. I, I would never have blasted it like that. I blasted it with total confidence. Did you used to do that in class? Were you that kid that farted in class? No, no. Matter of fact, when I taught school, they used to rat kids out. Mr. Rea, Thomas Grayson farted. Thomas, can I talk to you for a second? And he'd be like, yes, Mr. Rea. I said, will you stop farting in class? <laughs> Raise your hand. Tell me. I'll let you go outside and you can do whatever you want. I'm sorry, Mr. Rea. I couldn't help it. I had beans for breakfast. Yeah. So you used to used to teach. Yes, I did. Well, how many years did you teach? Three. And and what were the subjects that you taught? Everything I taught every, I was a genius. No, I taught everything. I only taught the dumb kids in math because I was one of them. Other than that, I taught excuse me regular classes. Yeah, was that a, a weird trans? Were you doing comedy while? No, I was acting at night. I was doing some some theater. Yeah, was that hard to balance the two? Uh, no, I just had a lot of energy. I was playing in basketball leagues. I was just. Working, I, I do I did a lot. We we hardly made any money teaching. Mm -hmm. It's Catholic school. We uh we, yeah we do a um uh there's like a comedy league for basketball uh right now and we. God, do I wish I could play with you, man. I wish you could play too. That'd be that'd be so fun. Do I you? Uh, I can't in my present condition. Come come on, Dom. Fat, old, ugly, and slow. <laughs> come on, come on, box me out, Dom. <laughs> I can't box anybody out. <laughs> Well, this brings us to our final segment, Sax Talk. Oh, Sax Talk. Uh-oh. 
Uh-oh. So this is what's going to go down. Uh, I am going to play sax underneath you while... Which mic should I speak in? Uh, you can talk in that mic, the one that uh, you have right now. Um, basically, I'm going to play some sax underneath uh, a story of a sexual encounter you had. It can be when you lost your virginity. It can be any sexual escapade, and I'm going to sax it up underneath right. you. Oh, yeah. It was one of those nights, those hot, muggy, summer Philadelphia nights. I had a regular girl who'd come down from New York to service me. This was before AIDS. We weren't afraid of anything. I used to eat chlamydia for breakfast. With a side order of herpes, we didn't care. Nothing. So me and this babe, I would go to her Philly apartment, and we didn't even go out. All we would have is sex, sex, sex. And one night, I thought all my dreams were coming true. I thought all my dreams were coming true. Her girlfriend lays on the couch in the parlor. She was kind of chunky like I like them, like a, like a little fullback. And she says to me, Dom, she says, Dom, Dom, baby, do you mind if my girl sleeps with us? And I, I said, yeah, as long as it's not really sleep. So she, so she gets in bed, and we start making out, her and I. Making out like there was no tomorrow. Making out like that was the sex act itself. One thing led to another, but the worst of all possible things happened. My girlfriend got jealous. It wasn't like in penthouse. It wasn't three-way sex. She was jealous and she threw me out. I had a dick that was like titanium. It was so hard. I had blue balls under blue balls. I was in my yellow hornet. It was a beautiful AMC car. I couldn't take it anymore. I, I stopped at the first stop sign and I let her go. Oh, I beat... I, I beat Johnny behind the ear so bad. I came on the dashboard. And, and that is my story, sad but true. It was about a love that I once knew. Oh, yeah. Wow, that was amazing. <laughs> you came on the dashboard? Yeah, I yeah, shot all over the dashboard, and there were <laughs> cops. There were, there were cops, like like right like at the at the other light, and I saw them. And I saw them looking at me. I'm thinking, I don't want to get pulled over jerking off on myself. How, how sick is that? License and register. Oh my goodness! <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Drive safely. Yeah. Have a nice day. <laughs> Driving while masturbating. Driving while under the influence <laughs> of, of, uh, of jizz. Of jizz. <laughs> that was a true story. Really? Wow. And stop me if you heard this. And stop me. Oh, so you were opening for uh, uh, the Impractical Jokers at the Greek Theater. Yeah. Crushing. <laughs> and uh, Dom was doing this amazing crowd work where where he was, uh, he was doing bits and he was seamlessly going in and out of material. And uh, there's this little kid in the front row. Yeah. After Dom says something filthy, he looks at the kid. He's like, stop me if you've heard this one. <laughs> <laughs> stop me if you heard this, you nine-year-old. <laughs> yeah. 
But it's, you know, it's funny with kids now because the computers and all the information available, they know so much more. They really do. You know, I mean, they and they see it as soon as their parents walk out of the room, they put the porn on. Yeah. Now, what do you what do you think you get recognized the most for? Like now, is it uh, is it Big Lebowski or do you think it's uh, something like Hey Arnold? Well, Hey Arnold is the most popular thing. I mean, Seinfeld is obviously the most popular thing I've ever been in, and, and Big Lebowski, of course, is a movie. But uh, Hey Arnold, for people your generation, mm-hmm. hands down, it's amazing. I have a Hey Arnold hat on today, as a matter of fact. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. Yeah, but that, I, I had no idea when we did it. We did it for five years. It was We knew it was special, but I had no idea it would be this big this long after it, we, done, we were done recording it. Did you have a favorite uh, episode or favorite oh, line yeah. that you said? Uh... Yeah, I had an episode with uh, Jennifer Tilly, the actress. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was in love with, I was hooked on um, tall and lovely models, big girls, right? That was my whole thing, large and lovely. And I took this girl out. She was, I was, Ernie Potts was about a foot tall and his knee, his nose went down past his waist, you know, one of those characters, a cartoon character. Anyway, so I asked her out. We have the greatest fucking time ever. We have, we do everything. We we you know go over. You know, we're walking all over. We're eating. We're having laughs. And at the end of the night, I say to her, uh, "So you want to go out again?" And she goes, uh, "No, Ernie, I don't think so." I said, "What are you talking about? We had a great time." Because you know, I bought her nuts. I bought her. You know, we played whack a mole. I said, "We played whack a mole. I bought you nuts." I, I you know, she said, I, I, "It was the best time I ever had." I said, well, "Why won't you go out with me?" Is it because I'm? And you hear like this orchestra in the background. I go, "Is it because I'm short?" Right? Like that, 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 that. Like that was some heavy <laughs> statement. And she goes, "No, it's not that." Anyway, finally, she she goes, "Give me back my nuts." He takes his nuts back. <laughs> And then uh, at the end, she ends ends up going out with him because they had such a good time. But it was like such a like a, a kind of cool morality play, you know, about looks and versus loving somebody and having a good time. Yeah. And I think the thing about Hey Arnold was it, it had a heart to it, you know. Yeah, I mean, I loved that show growing up. My the guy that I used to talk in the in the booth next to me was Dan Castaneda. Yeah, Castaneda, the guy uh, who plays Homer, uh, Homer Simpson. Simpson. Yeah. yeah, it was cool. That's awesome. Well, Dom, uh, that brings us to the end of the podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you, my brother. For doing the show. Is there anything that uh, you want to plug coming up? Uh, you know, you're at Dom Irera on social media. Yeah, I got uh, in, in February, I'm doing the uh, Tropicana in, in in Atlantic City. It's a 2,000 seater, so please stop by. We got plenty of room. <laughs> plenty of seats uh, open for you. Then I'm in, in March, I'm doing uh, Stress Factory. And uh, the bl- the black box in in Boca Raton, Shush Factory is in uh, it's where Rutgers is, New Brunswick, New Jersey. I love you, man. Good to see you. Love you, man, dude. My wife and I love you, uh, man. Everybody, everybody never has anything bad to say about Dahmer, and uh, appreciate how much uh, Thank you. you're around the comedy community, man. How present you are. It's a it's, it's a pleasure, my friend. It's a lot of fun, and anytime you want me to do that show, you was up there in the belly room. You're still oh, doing stand it. up on the spot, love absolutely. It, yeah. yeah, would love to have you back on that, man. All right, cool. All right, take care, brother. Thanks. Jeremiah Wonders. Jeremiah Wonders.